Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 33 called Amarika. So Amarika is an actress, a singer, and a model who I first saw probably about 10 years ago in the Broadway musical Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. And a mutual friend of ours connected us because they told me that she had an incredible infertility story. And wow, she does. When I think of somebody who never gave up no matter what, I think of Amarika because she and her husband Christian have just been to hell and back again and again on their journey. And I'm going to let her tell it in her own words because she can do it much more eloquently than I can. So without further ado, this is Amarika's infertility story. So, hi. Hi. Thank you for doing this. Of course. Thank I'm glad I get to see you in person. Yeah. I feel like great. it's, yeah, it's a yeah. little more intimate that way. So let's start out with just you and your husband, Christian. How did, how did you guys meet? And did you know that you wanted to be parents? All yeah. Along? Yeah. We had, we had a funny meeting story. We were, um, we met in 2009 mm-hmm. on a film. We're actually getting ready to go for a film. He came over to my house uh, to meet me before we went to Philadelphia to shoot this thing. And we were leads in this horror film. And uh, he he walked in and uh, he I didn't I didn't neither one of us sort of clicked that anything would happen we were just sort of all business 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 and and he said he said something like I I had some phone call and I had a problem to solve and he he sort of came in met me we had an interesting meeting nothing clicked and then he left and there was nothing about it except he emailed me on his on his way home the solution to my problem hmm. that he overheard me having. Oh. And I just remember thinking, God, that, that is such a such a great, kind person to have taken yeah. the time and like to figure out like how to solve that. Like I really appreciate that. And I was dating somebody at the time, I was thinking, God, I wish my boyfriend were like that. Like I that's who I'd like to be. Yeah. So my relationship was on the rocks and about a month later we we get to Philadelphia. I, I meet him again the second time. And again, just nice guy. I'm yeah. like, nothing's really clicking. And I think I was trying to set him up with the costume um, designer on the show or something <laughs> stupid and playing like wing woman. And by day two, we, we had lunch together over sushi and uh, had a lovely talk about life and his travels. And he's a photographer and um, an actor and is a political kind of activist. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember thinking like, oh, I, this is a kind of guy like first first the other thing was like the guy that you'd like want to be with and then right. this was like oh this is the kind of guy you like you want to have a kid with like you want to like mm-hmm. he has so much to teach a child and this is the kind of guy I'd have a kid with and I was not wanting to get married uh-huh. I was like my other relationship was on the rocks I just to- I had totally written off all of that and I yeah. wasn't necessarily it was sort of career focused it wasn't necessarily like I need to be a mom now kind right. of vibe but it dawned on me when I saw him and it's that moment I think sometimes where you like see the children in somebody's yes you see your children in someone and yeah. that was the first time I actually I'd ever had that feeling or I like thought I don't know where it came from yeah and then cut to like two weeks later my other relationships totally dead and we are engaged Two weeks later, you yeah, got engaged. Yeah, after that, okay. After that uh, sushi lunch, and because you um, both just knew, 
and what we said to each other was, um, I confessed. I said, you know, I just, when we met, I couldn't shake the feeling like I'd want to have a kid with you. I know that's like a really, it's a really forward <laughs> yeah. thing to say. Um, I was 33. He's like, he was like 36 or seven or something. And, <clears throat> and uh, he said, yeah, yeah, you'd be, you'd, you'd also, I, I, I could see that. And he like sort of accepted it. I'm like, well, then I think maybe, should we get married or something? Should we do that? And you're like, yeah, let's do that. Let's, I love it. Let's like get married and have a kid. So sort of like first, it was before even the thought of like. That's so great. Us being together. Yeah. So we try. So we went ahead and started trying like the next month. Okay. And we got engaged and we planned, that was uh, February and we planned to get married in Juli- July, on July 4th weekend that year. Mm-hmm. But we started trying, we were like, let's. Let's go. Let's try to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you hear that it might take a little while or something. And right. Like, yeah, let's just see what happens. Yeah. Why not? So we got pregnant right away. Okay. First try. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, How this did you is feel? easy. Yeah. Oh, that I was like. Piece of cake. Kind of what I imagined it would sure. be. Like we all thought that's how it works. You just stop. You don't use a condom and bang. Right. And uh, I had never heard. I don't think I'd ever heard of. I think I. I think my mom told me she'd had a miscarriage once, but it's sort of back of my mind. But I think that was the only time I've ever heard of it. Like, yeah. I didn't really, no one talked about it. No right. one shared that information. So yeah. I thought it was a very rare situation. Like, so it didn't, it didn't dawn on me, didn't Google about it, didn't think of anything. I just was like, I was pregnant and I'm having a baby. And that's, mm-hmm. and I'm like buying clothes already, right? Right. <laughs> so I, yeah, set up an appointment. Didn't even like rush to see the doctor. Like all the things I do now, it's so funny. I'm like so on it. Like Isn't it funny how things change. Yeah, was, yeah. I didn't care. I was like, oh, I'll see her when I see her. This is fun. And I'm like, you know, fine choosing names. And like I go in for my six week kind of checkup, mm-hmm. and she says, and I went alone. I didn't think there was going to be anything interesting. Um, she said, uh, she took a look inside and said, um, what you know what. When do you, what's your date? You know, and that was like, now I know that that's like the first marker of Mm -hmm. like, okay, get prepared. Mm -hmm. Like the minute there's a little discrepancy, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean anything to all the time, but it does mean that maybe you should slow down buying children's clothes. So I went, she's like, the the dates again, let's do, so you should be six weeks or seven weeks now. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I don't even, can you speak English? And she's like, well, Maybe it's just still early. Maybe your dates are wrong. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm clockwork. I know exactly yeah. my dates. And she's like, then I'm gonna need to see you in another week or something. Okay. Like, so the baby wasn't measuring what they were yeah, expecting it to yeah. be. Yeah. And just totally, like, what? Mm-hmm. So my sister called me and then turned. She was telling me about her experience um, having lost a uh, pregnancy before. She says same thing. She's like, the minute they say that, like. Did you, you know about your down. sister losing a pregnancy or was that No, news? she started, like, I started hearing a little bit more and more. Okay. You know, people got a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. And, and I'm going, and then I'm getting all the women telling me, like, this is what happens and this is, and I'm going, right. oh, we waited and waited yeah. and just to see if something would happen. Uh-huh. And it was on the morning where we were signing at the the courthouse paperwork to be married because we were getting married in Italy so we were going to do it on paper and right. you know technically first sure. was the morning of my DNC so it's my technical wedding day is the day that I went in for my first DNC and okay. and I remember um, thinking I, I'm usually someone as an actor is really 
in control of my emotions, and I always play the roles of people who are very, you know, like kind of hard characters and not gonna not gonna see me cry. And I when I was doped up, I went under for the DNC, and I came when I came to, I was just like screaming at the doctor, telling her like, "What did you do to my baby?" And like just like lost it like I didn't even understand that I would like the feelings of what your body prepares you to care for this mm-hmm. this being and the drop the the, the boom yeah. of that being gone yeah is that's a really good way to phrase it because it's yeah that's and you're true. and you're it, you're supposed to do all you can to protect it and I just let this person take the baby right and then she said she was gonna autopsy it and I lost my shit oh man I was like what? Don't touch my baby. And I'm like drugged out and I'm freaking yes. out and I'm like, hey, where's my baby? Like, oh, yeah. So how totally far along were you when they barely. when they told you that it wasn't viable? I don't think it grew past like eight weeks. To okay. be, um, this is and not, they, they wanted to do an autopsy to figure out what happened. Yeah, just to see this, them. just see if there was any genetic disorder that would be recurring or if it if it was just a one off. And it turned yeah. out to be tetraploidy, which is a one off. Mm-hmm. Um, so the doctor got back to me and said it was like XX6Y, something mm-hmm. like too many X's and Y's. And so, it, you know, it's fine because it won't happen again. So just, just you know, happens in a lot of kind of first pregnancies right. and stuff. I go, okay, um, lick my wounds. It was, So that was like our first real experience as a married couple. Mm. You know, I was still. I was uh, in, my, in my wedding dress. I was still, you know, hemorrhaging after the not oh. hemorrhaging. That's a terrible word. I was bleeding. <laughs> I'm so dramatic. I was not hemorrhaging. I was bleeding. Yeah. Um, and healing. But it from feels the like hemorrhaging, and yeah. emotionally, you're hemorrhaging, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so yeah, in my wedding dress, standing there, just going, "Wow, this is this is how we start this journey." Oh, and that's wow. interesting now, looking back ten years later, mm-hmm. that it was such a. Well, anyway, I'll get to that. Yeah. So uh, we, you know, we took cooled off for a little while and uh, we were deciding like where we were going to live too. So we hadn't even like built our life together. Right. And um, we, I got a job. Um, he really wanted to live in New York and I like fortuitously just got a job on Broadway, which is like amazing right. and got a chance to go to be on Broadway like, right it's a big dream right Spider-Man right yeah like, yes. big dream big big bucket list that's, check so I told you before when we were talking I saw that show yeah that's I right. loved it that's so crazy yeah oh my great. gosh yeah so wild so yeah that show brought us to New York which is was a big goal mm-hmm. and so very excited and I'm like getting myself up ramping up for that and I remember like we were trying in in and having some other misses like other early, early losses. Okay. Um, and then I was like, I can't because now I'm in the show. So we have to stop for, yeah. uh, for so a like little So like chemical while. pregnancies or something? Yeah, like that. yeah. There was another early loss, yeah. like six weeks or something. Okay. And it just came and went. Mm-hmm. And so, but then I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't even play around with this idea because I'm in, I'm like hanging suspended 50 <laughs> feet about in the air and in wire work. And right. like, there's no way. I'm going to be able to be pregnant and do the show. So let's like cool off for a minute yep. and figure out. <clears throat> but I but I started to get that anxiety because we had had this plan and it wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And then there's that hole that, you know, once you've lost that you, right. you just can't let go of. You're right. like, I can't just put right. this aside. It's always in the back of my head. Every cycle, it's in the back of my head. Right. Something's 
like it's not every cycle is an opportunity that I'm missing, you know, and you're yes. just looking like that's a potential, it's a potential. And so it was killing me because I was sort of, conf- I was way conflicted between the sh- the, my career and that dream and this dream, mm-hmm. which I know a lot of women deal with. Um, and um, what, at some point I expressed it to um, some of the people that were working on Spider-Man that I was working with and some uh, women who had gone through infertility like pulled me aside and they're like, don't choose career over this. You have to like, you have time is of the essence. You have to go, go, go. Oh, wow. And I got this like big sitting down and talking to because okay. they'd heard sort of like the light version of right, what was right, going right. on. And they're like, don't wait anymore. Go, 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 go. And I panicked and I was like, oh, crap. But then I had this other thing, like, I need this job in order to sustain my life in New York. Right. I also, in order to even, like, have a baby, I need to have an income. And I don't even know, like, I didn't know where this, how I could do it all. Yeah. So right at that same time, we got a surprise announcement from my sister's sister-in-law. Okay. So it's my brother-in-law's sister. Mm-hmm. She is married to um, a man from India, and they... Uh, were also going through some their challenges and they had adopted um, a lovely young girl and um, it was a very difficult process to adopt mm-hmm. from India um, even as an Indian national and they wanted two kids they wanted a sibling for her and they just couldn't imagine going through that process again mm-hmm. it was very 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 difficult for them it took them years to to get all the paperwork done and bring her to the states so the, they found this wonderful situation this is something that india had started up around that time in gujarat which was um indian surrogacy okay and they didn't tell us they i think immediate family knew but i didn't know i was like kind of extended enough to not know that they were expecting okay twins and they announced the arrival of their healthy wonderful awesome boy girl twins from uh surrogate from with surrogate in india and they were talking about how this was an amazing experience they had with the with this woman who in this um in the way that it's set up, the women get the money for their kids to go to school and everybody wins and they're having like mm-hmm. more money than they'd ever have, you know, get in their right. whole entire You're life. It empowers, lives. Yeah. empowers the women, empowers sure. the kids and empowers you. Yeah. And you're like, this is amazing. What could go wrong? Uh, and it, it felt like at that moment, like the answer to all my problems. Right. And it was affordable. Yeah. Okay. So, because I could, I, there's no way, I don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? So my, you know, 20,000 there mm-hmm. is equivalent to hundreds of thousand here, right? Okay, yep. So we go and take a trip, and we go and we meet everybody, and we went ahead and chose reputable doctors that we were set up to meet, and everything was great, and there was no problems. And I ended up going through um, IVF for the first time in India, and we... Um, and, and here's another thing of totally innocent, because I have no idea that IVF could not work. I think that once you have IVF, yeah. which is the other thing that I now try to tell my friends, you're like, I'm going through IVF. I'm like, do you have enough money for three cycles? Right. Why don't they tell people this? Yes. Like, if you're already having a problem getting pregnant, IVF might it's also be. It's not a guarantee. It's yes. Not. I was watching a show yesterday, actually, Tamron Hall. Do you know her? She has a new oh, talk no. show, and Mm-mm. I just flipped it on her the other day. And somebody in the audience, the whole episode was about IVF because yeah. she went through it. And um, somebody in the audience said, can you have a miscarriage if you oh. if you do IVF? And yeah. I was like, yeah. I didn't know, you know, it's such a, now yeah. I'm like, well, obviously. But yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't know much about it either. It feels like a I sure thing. It. So people it come up with buckets of money and they put sure. it out and you do, take all this stuff and you're like, okay, this will do it. 
I'm going to throw this much money at it and they'll fix it. Yeah. So that's what I was doing. I was like, there's going to be no problems. Mm-hmm. I go. I, so I remember waking up from the IVF cycle and she's like, um, so empty follicle syndrome. And I was like, huh? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Yeah. She's like, well, there just aren't any eggs. I'm like, huh? She's like, well, we got like a couple and we'll see if they fertilize. And I'm like, what do you mean we'll see? What is all this we'll see? Right. Like, I didn't understand. So they were like really negative about what they, and they, they said the quality wasn't that great. And like, I'm like totally like not fertile. Like, okay. Uh, so wait, you had to move to India for a little, for like a didn't short have to move there. time just, or we just, just went visited? For a couple, yeah, we went, we were like back and forth cycle. a few times, but we went for just for the cycle. So, okay. um, it was two weeks. Okay. Gotcha. And, uh, so they call me, I had to rush back and I was in a film in New Orleans, I remember. And I remember getting the call and they, where they said they were shocked. They're like, it took, you're pregnant, you know, with your surrogate. And, um, oh, wow. So uh, you're pregnant, you're a surrogate, and you guys are pregnant, and everything's going well, and here are the numbers, and they were astronomical astronomical numbers, and I started to learn what all that meant, and right. then I started Googling. Like, I'm starting, like, Googling empty follicles. Yeah. I'm doing, like, I didn't even know what that was. Is it a thing? I don't, I'm starting to now get in under the hood of what things are. Right. But not enough because uh, so we we carried on. We got really super excited. Everything was great. Didn't necessarily tell everybody up front because it is a little unorthodox. And people nowadays, I think this is a little bit more common than it was in 2010 Mm -hmm. and 2011. Yeah, a lot has changed. Oh, my God. People don't have surrogacy at all, let alone in India or like abroad. Right. Yeah. So when I would tell people this, like, shocked right shock would come over their faces like our family was like you did what and where what is happening right now and we're like why is everybody upset this is a great thing and Mm -hmm. we and we had a picture we knew where everybody we knew was a surrogate we knew the doctors we knew everybody like we we have like this lovely group of people that are our friends and like kind of extended family in delhi Mm -hmm. now because we've been back and forth and we feel very comfortable there like we're we're like it's not a shock to us it feels like you know New York is extension of New York to right. us. But to other people, they're like, you did what and where and what's going on? And we're like, oh, God, we didn't. This is sort of like our, our news when we got engaged after two weeks. We were yeah. like, what are you doing? <laughs> what do you do this to us? Um, so everything was going really well. And um, we had such great communication with the doctors and with the surrogate and lots of pictures and ultrasounds and high def ultrasounds and tests. Mm. The only thing we didn't do is we didn't do the amnio because there was no cause for alarm. Nothing had triggered. Okay. And I didn't want to risk anything. Right. Um, right. Uh, and there was just like absolutely nothing, no problems. So so we just kept going. We kept doing like high def and 3Ds and all the, yeah. uh, you know, the level four scans, yada, yada, whatever they're called. And uh, everything kept great, great, great. So... I remember they thought it was a boy for a while. So we named our boy, which is interesting now in retrospect. We're like, oh, all the high def things. And we didn't know it's gender. Yeah, um, that is interesting. Yeah. And then we were told sort of toward the end um, that um, she's actually a girl. And that changed. We're like, that's so interesting. Okay, hmm. bizarre. And that the surrogate had some, was having some like water retention issues. And there was some. Some way they worded something that was like, we'll see if the pregnancy needs to be terminated or something. And I think they meant like that, that she'd have to be induced earlier, but it was a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a language kind of 
discrepancy. I was like, terminated. I was like, oh my shocked. gosh. I was like, wait, wait, what are you talking about? Right. Because we were Talk far, about getting thrown for a loop. Yeah, we were far along. We were like way third trimester. And I was like, terminate. Blah, 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 and I was tr- kept trying to get her to correct it. And she wasn't correcting the word. And I didn't understand. Huh. So cut to, I remember they, they said she's now put, put on bed rest. And I'm like, okay, that's great. Like, do, can we do anything for her? Um, yeah, put her on, like, why hasn't she been? She should right. be, we should be feeding her, you know, chocolate and grapes every day. Like, someone massage her. What? Did you have a relationship with the surrogate? Or was it more it like... a huge language barrier. I mean, obviously, but, and you guys um, are far away. So it must have been tricky. Yeah, but no, yeah. just as much as we can do yeah, on Skype like supporting and her as much FaceTime as and stuff. And just yeah. throwing whatever they ask us to. Like, okay, this is what she needs. Great, here you go. We get a call in January. She was due in February. And we get a call January 12th that she's been born and we're here oh my god out of nowhere yeah and we, so she was came at like 35 weeks okay. i think it was 35 and we're like holy crap like get on the plane like yeah and oh we, we have no other I can't she's even in, imagine she's in niku um because she's under like five pounds so so she's in niku and we're like, oh my god okay get get the plane we got like the most whatever the next flight was yeah we scrambled to get over there um how long is that flight? <sighs> 14 hours. Okay. That must have been excruciating. I, I, well, I think Did you I know had... any, did you have any information? You just knew that she was early no, and. No information. Okay. And surrogate, it was rough. It was preeclampsia. Wow. She had to, emergency C-section. Surrogate's fine. Baby's in Niku. You know, crisis averted is what it sounded like. Like everybody's stable. Right. Just get here. Just and- get here. Um, everybody's stable. This was like, you know, wasn't pretty, but we're fine. Like, come. So we get there. Um, we land and it's like 7 p.m. So we land and I'm like, take us to the hospital. And she's like, no, no, no. We're going to, you, she's in Niku. It's it's not open now or like that kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. go Can't home, see. sleep. We will eat in the morning. I'm like, I gotta sleep. How can I you relax? Like, gonna, there's no freaking way like take me to the niku now and it just the anxiety of that um was intense we tried to put our mind off of it i remember we went out that night and we were like we're like with some friends in delhi and they were celebrating trying to say yay your parents i'm like i this is the weirdest thing like i don't how are we yeah it must be how like men feel when they're at war or something and they hear that their child is born uh, abroad and yeah. they're trying to celebrate but that feeling that they can't be there you right, know like right. I, I've had such compassion for people who were like separated yeah. like that yeah um which women don't usually get a chance to feel right because the surrogacy is a bit new so um so I felt that way we were digesting we're sort of grinning and bearing it and like okay okay yes this is, breathe through it but the next day we didn't get called to the hospital we got called into their office mm-hmm. And and we're like, why are we here? Where's the Niku? Like, and she's like, no, 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 we need to talk. And then she's asking us strange questions. She's like, looking like, do you have any history of genetic issues? And we're like, huh? And she goes, no, I, no. And well, let me see your ears. She was measuring our ears, and it's weird, weird behavior. And then I went, some. She's not okay, is she? Hmm. She's not okay. And then she sort of shrugged and said. There are questions. We have to do tests. Mm-hmm. So we got into uh, a cab uh, to finally go to the hospital. And um, I'll, I'll never forget, we got rear-ended in that cab. So it was a, we got oh in a car God. accident on the way to the... And just the jolt of that. And 
how, how the the anxiety and the stress and the news and like I I I was like an out of body experience. Yeah. And we get to the hospital and we see her and she is um she's hooked up to all sorts of machines and she's just clearly not gonna make it. Mm-hmm. And that's the first you know first time I got to meet my daughter. Yeah. Um. Oh, I'm so sorry. so, so we get to the hospital. We see her all, yeah, hooked up, and um, my mind is racing. Like, what what is wrong with her? What's going on? We had all the we we had the, the video the three D stuff. They measured right. everything. They did everything. What? And uh, you know, it, it came out that um, they were running tests um, for trisomy eighteen, which is um, a good, very very severe form similar to down syndrome but in more you know not one that people live long you know not like down syndrome where you can yeah you know live a decent life um we had to hurry up and learn we had to they were running tests and we had to we only got little moments with her too and then you could and i thought you probably didn't get to hold her right did you get to like touch her or anything mm, so not then because she was way too hooked up mm-hmm. and she'd already been through a bunch of surgeries. So uh, they had to already work on her without, in order to keep her, you know, alive. They were without us being there. So, so much was going on that I couldn't even digest of like, I didn't, um, she had a hole in her heart. She had, you know, the organs weren't right. And the brain, the skull wasn't quite wrapping around her brain properly. Uh, she couldn't, she would never be able to eat, speak, breathe, breathe without a respirator, like nothing. She was a, the only thing she could do is she, she could see us and we could, we could look at her and she, and you could see her sort of silently screaming and, and tracking us. And I just kind of wanted it to stop so badly. I was like, I can't, I, I, I don't, I don't know what to do as a mom in this scenario. I don't know what, I don't know anything about trisomy 18. I don't know what her chances are. I don't know how to help her. I'm not even in my country. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I don't even know the language here. Like I don't, I I mean, people speak English, thank God, but like there's a lot of things happening that are, that are falling in the cracks because I don't know the right terminology for them here. And, and we have the best care in India. And we, like, things are top-notch. That's not a problem. But I, you know, they're looking at me and what do you want to do and this and that. And I, uh, so we had we had to go home. And, I mean, it, I, we, we cried and to the point of, of throwing up. Mm-hmm. Of, like, a, a level of, of yeah. sadness that I don't think I've ever, oh. I've ever felt or yeah. don't wish on anyone. But I mean, just, just, just sad and so sad, and 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 just sick with not being able to help her, help and do something. And we still didn't even know if it was this. Like we still are waiting because right. um, okay. at first they were like it could be Down syndrome. We're like okay, okay, like wrapping our head around that, fine. And then this was the next shoe that dropped, and they're like, but it's probably this, and because of all the other tells, there's certain things that you can see. So they. The hardest part was um, after, so it was a couple days of the back and forth and and going and, and asking. They did do some more procedures and they asked us if we wanted to do this, that. And at some point, she wasn't 
she when they realized she wasn't going to make it and she was going then she's on life support they're saying we you have to make a decision now and it i'm grateful that things happened fast mm-hmm. um to help us with that but there was still it still felt like there was too much in our hands for something that i mm-hmm. i didn't know enough about you know and and we had to just say what what do we do what do we do and the advice was to to let her go um in this scenario yeah. and from from a lot of people and professionals and so we had to make that quick decision so she passed away mm-hmm. um that was when i first got to carry her oh because she passed away um in my arms yeah and uh, i like to um to at least sit with uh, i wasn't able to carry her in life but i carried her in death yeah and in that transition which I will keep as my only, you know, uh, my my only experience of her. Like that's that's yeah. our that's me and yeah. our daughter, yeah. Indira, and um, and the and the you know things you just don't think about, which is what you do with a with a baby at that point, and right. Um, so uh, the rest of the next adventure was trying to figure out how to get, you know, what you do with your... We sat for with her a long time, right. actually. And we went to another hospital. It was a long story. And we have to get, a, you know, the death certificate. You have to wait all for all these things. It's just so... Like, all the administration bullshit. Yeah. That you just can't... Like, my heart is, like, broken to... Yeah. You know, and people are coming with you to pay bills and give you, you right. know, papers to sign and... I got her death the certificate at the same time as her birth certificate. Which yeah. They they expedited just so that we could, like, try and be foreigners, like, not knowing what to do. And and I remember just we sat with her for hours in this room. They let us just stay in this room, and we laid with her, and we stared at the ceiling. And that was our whole entire life with our yeah. daughter. That was it. It was... Oh, my gosh. How was Christian? He some point said that he had like this out of body experience um through just the you know your, your mind just can't handle reality i think right and he, he had some very interesting spiritual experiences yeah um and went into went into something that we now call the the malaise which is um you just can't care uh any and you're caring too much. It's like you shut down. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like I can't. And then you stop kind of finding joy in things. You're just sort of like going through life going, I guess like you're not taking the highs because you can't handle the lows. So you just sit in the middle. Right. It's easier to shut off. Than yeah. Like be exposed to all that again. Or yeah. So potential. we realized art and, and you, you're there to be strong for your partner. And I was a mess. So I think he was also trying to like, we also know another rhythm is like he holds it together for me when I'm a mess, mm-hmm. and then like later he has his right. drop, and it's like comes out a lot of times in anger, and he doesn't know where it's coming from. And now I see the rhythm, like oh no no no, I know what this is. This mm-hmm. is the post you've been carrying me, and now you're having you need to lose your shit. Yeah, I know that um, well. Yeah, so um, so we were getting to know. I mean, look, this is still kind of early in our marriage too, and, and knowing each other. Period. So this was a quite the um. Uh, it, was, it was it was the the toughest decisions you have to make as a parent is the only decisions we ever got to make for her. You know, like we didn't get to choose like, you know, what her first food was going to be or something right. fun. It was just like, 
it's life and death. And that's yeah. all we got. Cut to February. That was January. Mm-hmm. Christian, we flew directly from India to Toronto. Um, he had to work on a show. And my God, I don't. I had quit every. I had quit my life. I had just dropped yeah. everything. I was. I, I, I bottomed out. I'm like, yeah. I'm. I'm just don't know I, I to not functional so he had to push through it at work because that's what you do and um he went on set he was working a show and i was uh, in toronto with him and i was spinning every night i wasn't sleeping i like lost a bunch of weight too it was just like super weird and skinny and like mm-hmm. crazy and um and i was like i know what i need to do i it, like i just need to get pregnant i need to do like that's going to fix this. Right. I don't know. Like, logically, it doesn't make any sense because that doesn't take away your, just, you know, one child right. is not a replacement of for another. Not, and like, I know what you mean. Like, yeah. but it's a whole, like, I yeah. need to love, I need to see something alive. I need to yeah. have an, a life. I can't have death. I need something yeah. that I can touch and feel and that has rosy cheeks and says, you know, like, just life. I need life again. So I decided to start trying, like, right there. I don't even know if I talked to Christian about it. I don't mm-hmm. think he knew where I was mm-hmm. in, in my birth control or anything. Because we were doing birth control during that time because I didn't – I wasn't necessarily trying to have a baby at the same time. Right. As, you know, like, so I was actually on birth control. It was a weird thing. Okay. So I went off of it, and I did – like, I went to it, like, panicked and, like, went to a doctor in Toronto. I'm, like, I remember I was just, like, trying so hard just Make it happen. Make me pregnant. Right. You know, like, where am I with my psych? What are my numbers? You know? Right. And got, like, kind of a rundown of where I was and, like, started mapping things. That's when I got really into the information on my own. Like, I started learning about how IVF work, what your numbers are, what the hormone levels are supposed to be. I got into chat rooms and Mm -hmm. I'm talking to people all over the world all night long, four in the morning. How do I do this? How do I get pregnant? How do, what do these numbers mean? That brings me to how I um, found Pamela because it was right around that time that um, somebody said that there was a woman in California who was the first of her kind who created this grant program that was completely inclusive inclusive of everyone in all all scenarios, non-judgmental or Mm -hmm. discriminating, and finding money for people to... um, to have assisted reproductive um, assistance. Right. So Pamela, for people that are listening, is the founder of Baby Quest, right? Can you just give us a a little, the Baby Quest Foundation, tell us a little bit about what that is. It's a grant program. And uh, so, yeah, so I I was found out, heard about this woman, Pamela um, Hirsch in, in LA, who had created this grant foundation to help people with the, the high costs of, you know, assisted reproduction. So great. Um, and I, I, it just, it was so nice to know, just to know that there was somebody out there that was, that recognized this right gap in, mm-hmm. in assistance and, mm-hmm. and was just out there to help people. I was like, who is this person? Like, yeah. I, so I wrote her sort of a fan letter. <laughs> um, I, cause I'd heard all these people like talking about her and, and what Baby Quest is, it's a it's a grant foundation that um, covers the high cost of fertility treatments to, from anything from surrogacy to IUI, IVF, and mm-hmm. who it's the only one, or at least was at the time. I don't, I'm not up on anybody else. I hope someone else does this, but she's the only one who um, at that time was not like re- re- 
connected to a doctor or connected to a type of religion or yeah she was open to same-sex couples single women people um so great whatever you whatever problem you have write a grant We'll take a look yeah. and see if we can help, you know, yeah. and and all different kind of ranges of, of financial assistance. That's so sometimes awesome. people raise a certain amount and they need like the finishing funds sure. or sometimes it's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um, so awesome. Yeah. yeah. And there's always um, they there's a uh, certain grants that are earmarked for military or for mm-hmm. cancer. But I would just go to babyquestfoundation.org and see what is uh, what is there. There's been a hundred and eight million dollars in funds awarded since then so she's, she's one woman she's she pamela it's amazing she and her daughter i should say i'm so sorry i i'm she is just ah, she's such a powerhouse she gets she and nicole both founded this together and nicole's her daughter who is also um has a surrogate yeah. surrogacy agency and went through all this and on her own and uh and pamela recognized that how right. how hard it was mm-hmm. for her and then thought like they had the means to be able to right. to do something that a lot of people can't and she saw that such a big heart so she just went out there and started raising money for people so cool amazing so there's been 107 grants and 78 baby quest babies born and so great it, she just it was all positive like it it was so nice in this dark tunnel to have right. somebody that's like I'm superwoman. I'm answering you. every. I'm like I'm helping bring light and and happiness and joy to this place. It's so right. dark and so. What happened? You wrote her the letter and then she, did she write you back? So I wrote her a fan letter. I don't think it was right then. I just sort of was stalking online a little bit and learning and kind of going through things. And um, I got pregnant after two cycles. At that point, it was like March. I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. After we'd lost Indira, mm-hmm. and and then immediately kind of like got into it like this was and, and it was a natural conception, mm-hmm. and I was uh, I was in it like I this is what I should have done the whole time. I didn't need to do the surrogacy. That was crazy. Like blame myself. Mm-hmm. I just need to do this. And oddly, I, I had I felt like I had been stabbed in the womb after you know. Yeah. Indira passed and I had like a pain there like I literally like a, a ghost pain of like a stabbing feeling. yeah and it never wow. went away and during that whole pregnancy I just bled and bled and bled and I have a, a little bit of a uh an immune issue that they told me it's like a lupus like thing mm-hmm. that they told me might might be the reason I was having problems carrying yeah but I'd never really seen any other indications of the, of it the the autoimmune thing didn't really come out in any other way so i okay. kind of always went like no no it's probably not that like but i have like high ana levels and all these other things that indicate that there's like an a high immune response okay so when i started bleeding the, the doctor's like what are you doing you have this issue you needed to be seen at the at the RA, they need to be looking after your pregnancy. And I sort of like did backpedaling. I forgot, kind of forgot about all that, like that that was a problem I also had. Like I just thought like if you, I've always been somebody like you just work harder and then it'll happen, right? Yes. So I just needed to work harder at it. And then I realized and I learned all this stuff online and forgot that I actually had this other thing. So then I'm putting catch up, but of course I'm bleeding so much and they can't make it stop bleeding. And I go, I bed rest for months and like, and then I've all, all, only thing I have time to do is Google 
talk online to people, right. get more and more terrified about what. So you're joining are. all these groups online and groups, stuff, and like hearing more about Pamela. Yeah. And um, so, how far along were you at that point? I lost that boy at five months. Mm. Um, he was supposedly God. perfectly healthy because I did the I did all the tests then. Okay. But I didn't do amnio. It's right when like like maternity twenty one came out. Okay. And then after we also did like an autopsy and we did like a full panel and they okay. said the baby was fine. So, but when I lost him, my, my water broke because of the bleeding and mm-hmm. just bled, bled, bled. And apparently it just couldn't handle it anymore and wore down the sack or something. That's uh-huh. what they assume happened. And so I had to go in the hospital and I had to deliver because at, at a certain point, oh you can't really do the DNC and stuff anymore. Yeah. And if you wanted to go, you could do like, I think a DNC is something else and then it takes a while and you have to set it up. And yeah. So I, I, my water broke, so I had to just go in, and I had to go to deliver. Oh, my God. So we delivered him um, in, was it June or July of that? So it was a summer. And that's when I understood what postpartum feels like. Yeah, I bet. And that was another. So it was like both hormonal and situational depression. Right. And it was brutal. I just remember being like, I, I remember seeing a bus pass me once, and I just... I, I contemplated stepping in front of it. Like, that was the only time in my life I've ever felt that, where I just wanted to stop. Like, it, I didn't care about life. I felt more connected to death than anything. Oh. And I felt like, oh, that's where my children are. Like, let's go there. Oh. You know, it just, like, it really messes with you. So Yes. And, you know, then you go and you make yourself wrong for everything you ate. I ate, you know, some shellfish I shouldn't have eaten, and I just... I shouldn't have done that thing and I and I was doing yoga I probably shouldn't have done yoga it was when, it was when I you know bounced on the yoga ball it did it and you know you just go through all this crap in your yeah, head and um funny. shouldn't have you know had those drinks back in high school that messed right. up my sister I mean like whatever right 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 um so my husband and I like went through very very dark time after that so and, and I'm sure a lot of people relate to that then yep. you go through the complete we were not connected to one each other we're not connected to uh, he you know now he's unpacked so much of it and he's an actor and he's a wonderful person and he he, he knows he's very in touch with his feelings he yeah. speaks about them and he goes to therapy and we both go to therapy yeah and that's good so he now looks back and he realizes like as my husband he didn't he just didn't know how to fix it yeah and similarly to the daughter like he can't fix anything and it was his his impulse, and a lot of husbands I've heard just want to fix it. Yeah, my husband's like that too. Yeah, I just I they don't want to be, yeah, like pragmatic about it. When sometimes all you want is like you don't. There's nothing fixable. You just want, yeah, the hug or the. But I don't know. That's their value. Uh, our default value is to you know as women is somehow connected to this primal you know thing of needing to do this thing that mm-hmm. you can't do there is a bit of that and then there's their primal need to like fix it and save and everybody take care and of take care everybody. of right yes. so kind yes. of unpacking all that ancient you know yeah. responsibility that we both had to do like yeah. we both had to be like I might I might not be able to do this for you and he's like you're not doing anything for me this is us you know and he's like I can't fix this for you and and interesting, later, I like always had that fear that maybe he'd find somebody else. And mm. maybe he should. Maybe I should support him to have a baby with somebody right. younger. And 
that that time would come eventually you know in our marriage he'd be like okay but now mm-hmm. i really want to go have my babies and i and you can't do this for me and so there's that weird fear there and yes later he came out and said the same thing to me oh man he said i thought you were going to find real. a man who had enough money to hire a surrogate here and to be able to do that and that you were going to be able to have your baby somewhere else and that's some real talk right there and we were like what like you're carrying the same like yes he can't fix it i can't do it like so so we went to burning man that year and that was the first year i went he'd been once before he told me it was a great place to go and it the topic was fertility 2.0 no way the the yeah we didn't even know when we like decided we're like we need to do something crazy we need to go to burning man you know we're like (laughs) i love it that's what we're gonna do i love it and we did and it was actually really wonderful and and we like kind of broke we had we needed to get what burning man's great for is like be able to see everything from another perspective. Mm-hmm. It's like going to Mars and looking back at Earth and being like, okay. Oh, that's a really good description of it. Yeah, you okay. Know? And so we got perspective. And yeah. we did, and it was great, and it helped. And we came back, and we were like, we are not, we don't need to have kids or yet. And if we do, maybe we'll find, because there's always that, maybe you should adopt. Why don't you just adopt? We're like, right. yeah, that costs a lot of money, hun, thanks. But, um, and it comes with its own stresses. Oh, yeah, that's it's, not easy either. No, it's not a guaranteed baby in your sure. life. So I don't also need new, to lose other babies in other ways. Like, so let me just, thanks for your suggestion. But right. like, maybe it's okay we don't have kids. Maybe maybe we can be those people who, you know, like get up at 10 and 11 every day the rest right. of their lives and travel the world. Just move and, to Burning Man and go yeah, there every right, year. Yeah, right, go to Burning Man every year and like, sure, let's do that. So we started getting comfortable with that. And um, and then it was 2014 when a person who, she's a lovely person who connected us to the, to the doctors in India called and said, you know, I just, I can't sleep thinking about what had happened. Um, it still really eats at me and I want to be able to help. And she said, if ever, ever, and she had, I think she'd said this before, but she'd always just check in with me. She's like, yeah. if ever you need me to do anything, I will help you. Um, I do have some people who would be willing for, I will pay, I will cover the costs. You come wow. and I will do this because I am, there's, it would, I need to, I, for me, I need to, right. fix, I need to help you. Yeah. So um, I always thank you so much. You have a good heart, but I don't, we, we are done. Like we're, we can't. In the midst of that, I went to undergo a round of IVF. I remember that. And I went and just just to have, like, it made me feel like I saved up en- enough money and I talked Christian into it. And I'm like, just because we're, we're here now, but maybe we won't be. And let me, I know it's like time is running out. Let me see if I can get an egg and we'll just have something. Yeah. We'll have something. So I did. And like, sure enough, another crap like cycle. And they got one that fertilized and that passed PGD. And um, she was a girl. And we put her on ice. And I didn't know if I would be good to carry her because obviously that wasn't working out too. They said I'd have to be on certain meds in order to sustain a pregnancy. And, da, da, okay. da. and like I didn't know what that would entail. And I was like, let's just sit on it. I had friends coming forward saying they would be our surrogate. Oh, wow. I, the beautiful people offering. And yeah. I just said, you know, we're not ready to enter that. Right. We just need to like, just want it there. Thanks. So one day, like on a whim, we were like kind of, we had that, so I think it was like in 2013 or something or whatever. And 2014 is when I was talking to this this woman and the mediator. And she said, I told her, she said, where are you with everything? I'm like, well, we have one on ice. She's like, send it to India. 
I'll do this. Send it to India. We'll have somebody carry it. You know it's good. It's not going to be bad. I know this, this, and this. Like, I'll have a city. Wow. I will pay for it. It's done. Yeah. And then that's it. Okay. And then part of me was like, okay, well, I'm ruling out the problem we had before. Right. It's a different doctor. We, like, different surrogate, everything. She's, like, that we're starting clean. And mm-hmm. um, and I I thought about it and said... I'm probably never going to be able to use the egg otherwise. Mm-hmm. We sat and talked about it. And we said, you know what? I'm willing to let it go. Let it go. Let's see what happens. We'll just right. see what happens. So we sent it to India. It didn't take. Ugh. So that was it. And then we were like, okay. that doctor calls. And she says, come to India. Let me do this. Oh, my God. I can do this. And we'd start, because we'd already made a relationship with her because of the sending. We, we, right. We didn't just send it out into the void. We, we made a relationship with this doctor. And she was very yeah. nice. And she's been working with our friends on the, the successful, one yeah. successful pregnancy after another. Everybody's great. And then, you know, we really started sitting with, like, wow, we really had a one-off. Like, that's a net. Or we have a lot of bad luck. But, like, none of this is consistent. Right. Maybe we should make amends with this situation. And one way to do that is to, like, give it an opportunity again. Oh my gosh. Wow. Which is it, but I realize it's also desperation. Like it's also somewhere in the back of my head. I just was desperate to kind of rewash this experience with a good light in a good light. And mm-hmm. to also just make this stop, make this void stop and make yeah. this constant nagging in my head of like, you have to do this, like stop already. And yeah. I didn't know how to do it. And, and we didn't have any more money for any, anything else. And so we flew to India. I had miles. <laughs> and we have friends there. It. So I have miles. That's what I could do. And I had favors. So I'm like, I'm going with what I got. And we show up. We, we, um, that's, so we met them in person because we hadn't met before. And when she tried to do the transfer. Yeah. So I went and underwent my third round of IVF. And they got one again. Okay. They seemed to be good for one. They didn't have a lot of hope. They said it was looked pretty shabby. Mm. And... You know, we stayed there for a little while during the process, of course, but we had gone home before they could, at the time they told us that it had not worked and surrogate was not pregnant. And so they said, um, surrogate's up for trying. She's totally into it. And would you consider egg donor? And I said, are you saying you're going to do like you're they're doing this for free? Yeah. And I'm like, you're going to do this for us? Like, yes. Because they're also like looking to kind of, they're looking to make good with the um, the mediator too, because she's bringing a lot of clients in. And this is a solid that she said, I'm going to pay for anything over it. And they're paying for right. this. Like we're taking, we are taking care of you. Okay. This like yeah. white glove service. Egg donor. We chose the egg donor. It was a very interesting process. All of that. Like, as you know, yeah. or not you know, but as people know out there, right. that's also just such a wild thing. Yep. Um, but it was exciting. Yeah. Um, and I felt like finally I was no longer like the curse was taken out of the situation. Interesting. Like I am the person yeah. who can't do this. So cut me out of the equation. Yeah. I don't want to have carry. I'm not the good egg. I'm like, don't even let me Google. Like, <laughs> just take me out of the equation. I will be there for the diapers. Um, so <laughs> she, um, so she prolific egg donor all went well and we got pregnant with twins craziness so that was a new thing okay. like all of a sudden like from so like feast or famine right like, right. like, like okay okay now, now we have twins. twins holy crap so that's going everything the one thing um 
we did amnio we did all this all the stuff yeah everything's squeaky clean going great couldn't have asked for a more idyllic situation and i had a dream one night i couldn't shake and then i went to an audition it was interesting and i a charm on my bracelet fell onto the papers of my audition next to a word that i won't repeat and my body trembled and i took a picture of it i sent it to, to christian and i said something's not right it was at that moment that her water broke at six months and the babies didn't make it. Oh my God. And we didn't even know that at that time we found out within. So um, now we're back to where we were again, just gutted and hyperventilating, mm -hmm. crying again. Of oh, I'm just, so sorry. Just the worst kind of sadness. And she has me on the phone, the doctor, and she said, I have another surrogate. I have another egg donor, and they're in cycle right now. Um, every like, just say the word. I have your husband's sperm. Just mm -hmm. say the word. Yeah. And I'm don't do it. Just don't let me stop. Don't let me stop. Don't even think about it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Just say the word. Just say the word. And I was just crying. I'm like, I don't know. Okay, actually, and I was like, I don't know. Out of my mind. Just sort of, just sort of, of said, course. I don't even want to know about it. Like at this point, I just like, tell me when the baby's born. I don't. Yeah. I can't. I can't deal with this. And. Uh, I, I don't even know why I keep doing that. Like, my husband's so patient. I don't know why he hasn't tapped me on at this point. It's like, just rip, take the computer, take the phone, <laughs> lose these people's number. Like, don't ever go back. But the desperation to, that you talk about is real. And I think you get into a, a mindset where it's like, you'll do anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and here I was coming from, yeah. And he, well, and I was coming from like, we're okay. We're going to Bernie Man. And like, and then didn't even think I was going to need to go down this path again and then sent that, you know, egg. And then it just how it snowballs to this place. So she does it again and everybody's successful and everything's going well. And we get pregnant with a girl. Egg donor, surrogate, everybody's happy and healthy. Five months pass. I have a dream. Scorpion crawls up my spine and snips it. I wake up and sweat. I said, Christian, something's wrong. And sure enough, her water broke. This is, wow. She's now in the hospital, her legs up and trying not to move, trying to keep the baby in there. And we're trying to figure out like, what are the chances that it was, it's just wasn't working out. Screaming, crying. Like I just, I, the level of like, yeah, I, I just don't know how much more I can take. I don't know. Like, right. So I think I kind of broke at that point. Yeah. I just broke. And I and then just shut off like numb to numb to it. Like I did, I stopped seeing babies as babies. First I'd see like I'd see healthy children and like kind of didn't want to deal with them. And just like people like birthday parties and things for my nieces, nephews and I just I was trying so hard just yeah, to be like it's so hard. Trying just to I'm, I love them and but just the the constant like reminder of like that's how old they would be that's how that's right what, does she would she have my niece's eyes would she look like i don't know stupid crap goes through that's her head. not stupid and and you just can't and just how old indira would be by now and what if this happened what if i didn't do that and da, da, da. so um so it just turned off shut off to it and um and then stopped trying but also stopped trying not 
to get pregnant and just started getting pregnant a lot. Okay. That was my next... And just stayed... I think I stayed pregnant for a few years and just kept losing. Oh, my gosh. And I just buy sticks by the pounds. Right? The giant bags of sticks. Giant bags of sticks. Yeah. I have tons. Like, it's so embarrassing when I show somebody scrolling through my iPhone, like, my... uh, my photos because there's like sections of just sticks Sticks. and stick progression lines for like yeah for like three rows and then like they drop out right right progression lines progression lines right right. i have like it's so embarrassing i have to like clear them no that's not embarrassing i think you had told me though that you lost track right like of how many times and yeah no i don't know yeah and i don't at some point um i then i got pregnant with a boy that did like go farther and everything seemed great and it was actually twins i lost one early and then the boy went started coming through and everything looked great and then i went in for my like three month scan and it was a mess and i knew what i was looking at like they're like the nuchal the nt was bad and everything Mm. was and they were like this is not right this is probably trisomy 18 again but then she he didn't he tested negative for trisomy 18 Mm. we didn't know what it was and then it turned out to be a rare, rare, like one in 400,000 form of a chondroplasia dysplasia type 2. And it's a type of dwarfism that's so extreme that the bones fuse so quickly that they shatter in utero. So his bones were shattering in oh utero. Um, and so he was, they were, pier- the rib cage was slowly piercing his his heart. And, oh, my God. Um, I had to fly and get all these opinions because it was something that no one's seen. I went to the top of the line to Cedar sign. I flew to LA because that's where they have a specialist that does it and blah, 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 that like can tell what this is. And because it wasn't coming up on any charts. It was literally like no, they, they kept saying like it's like every panel was like healthy, healthy, healthy. So it went, I progressed that pregnancy further than it had to because we were trying to figure out what it was. Uh-huh. And then finally when they called it um, and they found what it was, um, I was too far along again to have a DNC and all that, so I had to deliver again, um, and I had to go to the hospital. And at that point, I was admitted um, at Cedars, and the nurses came up to me, and they were like, um, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm like, nope, don't say you're sorry. I knew exactly what I was doing. I do not deserve your pity. I am a crazy person who keeps doing the same thing, expecting oh. a different result, and I will not accept your pity. Go away. Like, don't even, like, just let me do this. I know how to do it. Just leave me alone. Right. I know the routine. I'm just going to deliver the freaking baby, and we're done. So delivered him. Wow. Um, which was horrible because I didn't, like, get painkiller. It was really weird. So I did, like, a whole, like, I don't know why. Like, I was kept asking for painkiller. It was stupid. Like, anyway, I went through a whole, like, regular delivery. Wow. <laughs> and just, and it, to the point of being, like, out-of-body experience. He came out and no one was in the room. I remember my sister had left and the nurses weren't even there. And because he wasn't full size, so he oh, you know, wow. so came out easily without um, help. And I remember just being like, hit, hitting the button. I'm like, okay, I have the baby. And they're like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. And I just sat there and I looked at him and I got so used to carrying, like, oh. when you, in, from miscarriages to deliveries yeah. to full full baby i just i'd carried so many you know dead babies like oh. I, I had like this experience was so comfortable oh wow and that scared me i was just like i don't even this isn't even i don't even i didn't even cry 
Oh, wow. I was like, oh, yeah. Hey. Hey there. Um, Yeah. So, um, you'd think that was it. But then I just kept getting pregnant more and more and losing them after. And then um, last year, I got pregnant again. And again, like, I remember my other doctor retired and she was like, please don't get pregnant anymore. And, uh, and I started, started with a new doctor and I had gone into the doctor. I said, I have a problem. I need you to take my uterus. Like I have an addiction Mm. and I need it out. Wow. Like it's not going to stop. And she's like, well, I don't know you that well. You were just handed over. Like, give me a minute to like kind of learn what's going on. I need Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're like in the right, like, let's have a cooling off period before like I give you a hysterectomy. Um, (laughs) yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, but you'll think about it. She's like, I'll think about it. Let me catch up on your files. I got pregnant before I could see her again, right? Wow. And I yeah. was like, it's not her fault, but I was like, I told you. Told you not to let me do this again. And um and she's like, you know, this is gonna be great. And like she like looks inside and she literally I remember her saying, She's like, it's sort of like a debris field. It wasn't even like a baby, it was just like debris what just from like i think from getting pregnant a lot and like probably not getting a dnc a lot or like oh wow it would just sort of like just kind of just pregnant ish just stuff that's like kicking up hormones and like oh. not becoming she's like maybe there's something in there and i don't see it or something so like it's like it had to wait it out for like oh months it's like a see. battlefield yeah right right wow so that didn't turn into anything mm. it was literally just cells and with the way that I was starting to see pregnancies mm-hmm. is just groupings of cells mm-hmm. and things you know I mm-hmm. stopped thinking about it as babies and I had to go to Planned Parenthood just because I didn't have time to deal and I had to cross a picket line and lady oh, in my face yeah. saying don't do this to your baby and I just turned around and I was like whoa whoa back up you are you are playing wrong game wrong person wrong time I'm like, yeah do you want do you realize what like mm. Not all pregnancies are like babies. And if if I had thought that for a second, I would have like, I, I don't know. I, maybe I don't want to go into that. But I, I mm-hmm. in my coping mechanism, I was just like, I can't, I can't go down your line of thinking. Yeah. That this this yeah. grouping of cells is like a soul that I was supposed to bring to this mm-hmm. planet. I can't. Yeah. You can't make me do that. Yeah. Because I can't do it. So stop. You're not helping. Um. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, go be sorry at home somewhere. Right. Not here. Um, So did that and then got really busy with work and had to go to Canada, like way northern Ontario, Canada, in like the woods and write for a TV series. And um, didn't see my husband like all summer. And and I was really into my work and really totally forgot about pregnancy for a minute. And of course, Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting pregnant because my husband wasn't there. Right. And, um, and I started like, I was like actually really stressed out and like drinking, like pounding coffee and wine and, Mm -hmm. um, like vaping and taking like, you know, uh, like, like caffeine pills to keep me up at night. Like, like, and like sitting in the corner of a dark room, not exercising and no sunlight and like writing a show. And like, if I... If I smoked cigarettes, I would have had one, like, an unashed cigarette and a martini right, right. in the other hand. Like, I can like picture the, it. The worst you could possibly be to your to your body yeah. is what I did to myself to get through that summer just to, because 
writing is a very unhealthy sport. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I so made it through deadline, crazy, sleeping 10 minutes a night, like never been so stressed, like trembling stressed. And, um, and interestingly enough, like I'd come back to um, New York for a second. I thought my job was done. And Christian's like, we need to get a new car. Like our little sports car is not working anymore. It was coughing its way to its death. And and we went and got an SUV, which is so weird and so unlike us. We got like a little mini kind of SUV. Yeah. Like, Why did we get this? Like, we got talked into the upgrade, right? Yeah. And then, um, so it's so funny. We're like, oh my God, we have like a family car. Ugh. And then... Um, and then I got called back to work. Oh, no, you're not done. You have to do this, that. Flew back there. Barely saw Christian. Like, And um, he calls me. He's like, you know what? I want to go see my family. He's from Toronto. He's like, I'm going to drive our new car and like drive up to see you. Uh-huh. Um, I'm like, that sounds great. He's like, I'll break it in. Um, so he drives up and... Um, and like I don't by the way um I think I had like three periods a month at that point like I was like literally did not know where I was yeah so stressed and sort of like perimenopausal like now I'm going through changes and stuff gotcha yeah so I'm like oh so I started taking some natural um remedy for for perimenopause which is maca to help regulate your hormones yes so I started taking maca um popping maca and um and it was starting to regulate my cycle, which is good, but I had no idea where I am. My husband comes up, happy to see him. We haven't even had a night together in God knows how long. And I just open a bottle of wine. Hey, hun. And uh, I think he assumed I would say something or like, because we were trying not, not trying to have baby. Right. Didn't talk with one another about where we were and what we were doing sure. again, yet again. And, had, you know, had the baby dance. And then um, uh, woke up the next morning. He was like, oh, my God, you're so hot. Like, get off of me. Which we have been pregnant so many times that it was usually a time that is probably ovulation, Mm -hmm. probably right then. Mm -hmm. And and we shot up and looked at each other and went, no way. (laughs) Oh, my God. No. And I was so tired and like how am I even ovulating? I shouldn't I'm like I right. should be like barren from this experience are you kidding me like and uh you're and like he, I'm made of caffeine and vape smoke yeah, at I'm this like, point there's nothing healthy about me there's not a green yeah. vegetable in me no more like all that Pilates and green drinks I yeah. was doing to try and get pregnant before nope and wow. um and he he was sort of like sort of tired in the middle of the night and he's like huh it's a girl and then he went to sleep, and I was like, what? What did he say that? What does he mean? I went to sleep. Just tried to forget about it. Wasn't even thinking about it. Um, did go do... Um, I, 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 as much as I was forgetting about it, I was also collecting information. So I was pregnant a lot, but I would just go, and my doctor... Uh, I called her, and I said, look, um, I think I'm... Let me just check, see what happened. If I, I think I might have hit it on the... Ovulation, uh, and, she, and she's like, what do you need? She was, she's caught up on the history, and I said, I just need you to give me a prescription for the hormone tests, and I'll take care of it. Like, and I'll let you know if there's something to talk about. Mm. So for the first few weeks, I just tested my own levels, mm. and I had them fax me the results. Wow. And I'm like... You're such a pro at this point. I, like, I didn't want to burden them. I was literally like... I, I felt like such an... Like, just, I'm just burdening everybody, wasting valuable resources trying to do this crazy thing because I'm insane. So... Just let me do this on my own. And it got to a point where I called her. I'm like, I think something's happening. Like, for real. Can you take a look? And so I went in and she took a look. She's like, 
it looks really good. Like everything looks normal, and I'm like, what? What? And I go, okay, well, it it does until it doesn't, you right? Know? And I didn't connect to the bride. Didn't have any dreams, and all those dreams and everything else that I felt connected to, and every other mm-hmm. time, I felt like nothing. I felt nothing, mm-hmm. not connected, to the point where I couldn't bear if anybody bought us anything. I they were like, aren't where's the baby gonna sleep? Where's the nursery? Like once people started to like kind of get hip to the idea that I was having a baby, right? I was like, oh, I literally was said, no, no, we don't need a nursery. She's going to sleep in the closet, and I was convinced that she was gonna sleep in the closet because I couldn't think of yeah. making her a room. I felt like yeah. everything was going to jinx this, yeah, and I couldn't touch it, and um, I didn't, I didn't say anything to anybody, and every time they'd say they'd find out if I was pregnant, I'd be like, I'm kind of pregnant-ish. So I'm like, right. it doesn't mean anything for me. Right, Not like right, other right. people. Well, that's like self-protection too, right? After to, all you've I been through. I just don't want to have to call you and tell you the didn't The armor happen. is on. Yeah. When you call me, you're like, how's it going? I don't want to have, and then I don't want your pity, and I don't want to have you yeah. go through it either. So so I'm like hitting six and seven months, and you're, you know I'm showing, and people are like, you're, I'm like, nope. <laughs> nope, we're not. We're like, and we did all the tests up and down, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and everything's. She's passing with flying colors, and we are having the weirdest experience where I'm going in, and I don't know why. I don't. I'm walking into the doctor's office and the hospital for the scans, and we are, and for the first time, at 43 years old and 47, my husband's yeah. 47, we got a chance to see what it was like when it goes. Right. Like you walk in and people, we didn't even know people had, that could smile in, in these places. Like people are like, Hey, how are you? Wow. It looks great. They used to tell me they weren't allowed to say anything. Uh, like, I'm not allowed to say anything. The doctor has to tell you that's bullshit. Uh, Cause when it goes well, they when tell it's you, good, they can tell you, they just like, Hey, everything looks great. Wow. Healthy baby. And we're like, Oh my God. They do tell you like, Oh, so, that's so interesting. And it's the first time in my life that's that I've ever... such a good point. I've ever, like, wanted to be average, too. Like, have you always tried to be better? And I'm like, right, this. Right. And I'm literally like, where Just are we fly on the under scale? The radar. Like, 55%. Yeah. I'm like, good. Nice and average baby. <laughs> basic baby. That's all I want. <laughs> Just a basic baby. Basic baby. Don't tell me there's anything special going on. I don't want to hear it. Yes. And, um, and we passed every visit with Flying Colors... And it was the easiest pregnancy, not a drop of blood, uh, gave birth naturally, uh, 15 minutes of pushing. Oh my God. Nope. No problem. She's healthy. Touch wood. And I still couldn't put her in a nursery. I still like, everyone's saying congratulations after she's born. And I was like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, but you know. Right. Waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. Anything can happen. Right. And and people keep asking me, like, are you over that? And I think every day it chips a little, a little away. Bit. Like I'm starting to learn to be okay with, I might be actually, this might actually she's happen. she's okay. Now. She might actually stay right. with us. And how old is she now? She's four and a half months. Okay. And she's Aww. just pure joy. And she, like, is kind of like the perfect baby like she sleeps through the night yeah she's happy and oh man like i like i f- i just i i'm just so grateful we're just yeah. so grateful Hey again, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Amerika. And thank you to her for 
the real AF talk. I mean, that was intense, right? And thanks to Christian, too, for opening their lives and their story to us. I hope you guys walk away feeling inspired and just in awe of them because I I certainly am. I did get to meet their baby Senate recently at a Baby Quest Foundation charity event, and she is just the cutest, and she's so lucky that she has these fierce people as her parents. So thanks again to them. If you guys want to hear more about BabyQuest, go to babyquestfoundation.org and all the information is on there. Please donate and support them and pass this episode on to anybody you think might benefit from hearing it. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next time.